Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 107 of Grow Bud Yourself. We got a great show in store for you guys today. We're going to talk a little news. Our interview is with the Soil King, Patrick King. Um, We've got Strain of the Fortnite, uh, a grow tip on the pros and cons of seeds versus clones and answers to grow questions from listeners. All brought to you by Seeds Here Now, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, Excelsior Extracts, and Prime Superior Inoculant. So stick around. Episode 107 is coming at you. If you're a grower or you're thinking about starting your first crop, then you need to know about Sweetleaf plant nutrients. Sweetleaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and, of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. Check them out at sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com. The code DANKO15 gets you 15% off everything at Sweetleaf. That's 15% off their signature line of nutrients as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits and grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon, you'll get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. Patreon supporters also receive free Sweetleaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweetleaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at Sweetleaf.com and remember the code DANKO15. All right, welcome back, and as always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the tune. We love it. We keep listening to it in our heads and singing it over and over in the shower, so uh, it really is an amazing tune. <laughs> How are you feeling, Mike? Uh, doing good, doing very well. Yeah, very excited. Episode 107, we got the Soil King. It's uh, We're recording on Valentine's Day. Dan, will you be my Valentine? Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Feeling a little bit under the weather today. I got a little bit of a, a sore, scratchy throat and all that. No COVID, no nothing like that, but just uh, maybe a slight cold. But uh, still in, in good spirits uh, on this wonderful Valentine's Day and uh, excited for this show. You know, I've uh, been wanting to have uh, uh, the Soil King on for a while now and finally got him on. And I think uh, people will be happy uh, to hear from him. And uh, but first, I think we've got a couple of items in the news we could discuss. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We are going to talk some news. Actually, though, before we get into that, uh, maybe we should provide a little update about our seed packet giveaway. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we had a bunch of responses on the uh, Grow Bud Yourself post uh, for episode 106 and uh, picked out three winners. Uh, I'm going to contact them this week to let them know. So, uh, just wanted to say thanks for everyone for participating. Hope you enjoy the seeds uh, from Seeds Here Now. That's the Guava Autos um, that people won from last week. And uh, I think we'll probably do another giveaway uh, next week as well. So uh, keep that in mind. People who weren't contacted can uh, can continue to try to win on episode 108. And uh, yeah, very excited to have Seeds Here Now on board as a sponsor, a uh, lot of incredible genetics over there, and uh, 
very great customer service as well. So um, thanks to James and all the crew over at SeedsHereNow.com. Uh, don't forget our code as well. You know, that code uh, is GBY free ship. You get free shipping on all your orders. And yeah, very exciting. Uh, free seeds now. Spring is approaching. We're almost there. This is, you know, the days are getting longer and it's pretty soon it'll be time to mm-hmm. plant your seeds. So good thing to get them out now. Hell yeah. All right. Good stuff. So yeah, man, let's let's talk a little news. Uh, these are the stories that, that caught our eye during the week. So uh, first, there was a recent NPR report highlighting the dangers of an infectious disease. And uh, NPR says that it's sweeping the nation and impacting cannabis crops uh, from California to Massachusetts. Uh, and according to NPR, hop latent viroid is a major threat to the country's pot supply. Uh, they spoke to growers from Boston's River Run Gardens and the cannabis testing facility Indo Labs. And the takeaway is that hop latent viroid destroys everything, and growers really have no choice but to scrap their gardens and just start over if they come into contact with the disease. Apparently, uh, most of California's cannabis nurseries were affected in, t- in 2021, and now the virus has spread across the country. It's spreading through clones that are infected and then infect the rest of the garden that they're brought into. Now, I know you want to discuss this a little bit later in the show in a question that we received about uh, preventing diseases and all of that. But uh, yeah, hoplite and viroid, you've mentioned this before on the show. Yeah, I mean, it's devastating. Uh, It comes obviously like in the name, it comes from hops uh, transferred over to cannabis. And you can't really see the signs of it either. I mean, you could get what looks to be a healthy clone um, and it could be infected. And so, yeah, it's really uh, devastating to crops, uh, spreads really, really quickly and easily. And uh, there's very little you can do to combat it. Like they said, I think ultimately you you can either scrap your grow and start fresh with fresh new genetic material. Or uh, if you're, uh, you know, more of an expert, you can use tissue culture techniques to sort of uh, bring bring that plant back to a, a, a cellular level and 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 grow it out um, using that microcloning technique uh, to get rid of the uh, HLV. But the uh, it's definitely something I'm learning more and more about. I personally have not experienced it, uh, but have a lot of friends who have. So I'm hearing a lot of secondhand stuff about the hop latent virus and. Uh, None of it is good. <laughs> None of it is good. It's it's uh, definitely a plague uh, on cannabis and very difficult one to stop. So uh, that's you know that's a reason it's important to isolate and quarantine clones. And but we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. Uh, it certainly is uh, something people should be very concerned about and definitely try to keep out of their gardens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so. Let's move on, and uh, a new bill that was introduced in California would legalize cannabis cafes. Uh, Essentially, the bill would allow for the sale of food and non-alcoholic beverages in pot dispensaries and lounges. It would also allow businesses to host live performances. While alcohol would still be prohibited, many feel that legalizing cannabis cafes could save the struggling recreational pot industry in California, The industry is struggling because many consumers are still choosing to purchase pot from the illicit market rather than the regulated industry, which charges a 15% state tax on retail weed. 
And, uh, you know, considering how many cannabis businesses have cropped up in California since legalization took effect, small pot businesses are starting to feel the pain more and more. Uh, some of them feel that the cafe model is essential to keeping their doors open. Um, while others may disagree on that, um, whether or not it's a fix-all for the struggling retail scene, it's definitely an experience more in line with the vision that most of us had when originally pushing for legalized cannabis. Yeah, I mean, totally. And that's kind of, that's how I came about, about to this. I mean, was sitting in a coffee shop in Amsterdam ordering cannabis from a menu and then just sitting down and, and consuming it. Uh, really just felt like the way it should be. And I think um, it's very important that we have these consumption lounges and that they have some type of a source of uh, legal cannabis, whether it be a partnership with a delivery service where someone comes to the, the shop and, and, and serves the, the customers there or uh, where they sell it themselves right there, you know, over the counter to people, uh, which seems to be the simplest and easiest way, you know, except that many of these proposed uh, consumption lounge legislations really don't provide for that. And so uh, it is important for us to have a place to consume cannabis. It's also important that those places, that people have access to cannabis in those places. It's not just BYO uh, kind of scene, because I don't know how the lounge can make money at that point. I mean, it's just membership fees and maybe food and beverages and things, but that's just not going to cut it when it comes to a cannabis business. You want to be able to sell cannabis one way or another. So uh, I am, you know, I've obviously been very vocal about uh, how important it is that we have uh, social use and consumption lounges, places to consume cannabis, just similar to a bar, but uh, with a much better vibe, in my opinion, personally. Uh, and uh, easily, you know, that coffee shop model works works pretty well over in Holland and, you know, uh, more of a private club kind of model in Spain. Uh, but either way, you know, these businesses have to be able to make some money and also provide that type of experience for their customers and patr patrons. So I do think uh, it is important. Uh, it's one of the kind of three pillars of uh, where I feel like activism should go. I think freeing the prisoners and expunging the records is first and foremost and most important. Uh, fighting for home grow, also very important. And then, you know, social consumption lounges. And I think that's, those are the three kind of, you know, pillars of what we're fighting for now that some places do have legal grow, legal uh, cannabis. Uh, and I think that farmer's market idea that I talk about a lot too. I mean, the, uh, the option to be able to purchase a jar of cannabis at a farmer's market from local home growers should be there just as much as the option to go into a fancy shop uh, and buy cannabis that that was more mass produced. Uh, for those of us who really care and want want the highest quality, I think it's great to provide as many options as possible and as many uh, sustainable and local kind of options as well. And small farmers and, and mom and pops deserve a seat at the table. That's important. For sure. Um, okay, so that was California. Let's just uh, visit with our neighbors to the north very quickly. Up in Canada, things are not going great uh, there right now as uh, as cannabis producers across Canada have cut uh, almost a thousand jobs so far this year alone. Uh, most recently, it's been SNDL, uh, formerly Sundial, um, SNDL announced it was cutting 85 jobs, 
uh, citing massive overproduction in the Canadian market, including uh, estimated 1.4 billion grams uh, sitting in vaults. So they've got a lot of flour and uh, they're not able to sell it. And these producers are cutting jobs, even um, well-known brands like Canopy Growth, uh, which announced that it was closing one of its flagship uh, facilities and cutting 800 positions. So um, things are uh, not, not going great so far in 2023 for Canadian producers. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you could kind of see it coming if you had gone up there and visited as I did some of these huge, huge grows. Uh, you could just see that, that there's just not going to be enough demand in the Canadian market for all the flour that was being produced uh, at the quality and price that it was being produced at. And so they alleviated some of that by shipping to Germany and other parts of, of Europe and things like that, which is a good uh, minor solution. But at the, at ultimately, you could just see that they they grew too big too quick. Uh, they took in hundreds of millions of dollars in funding to build these massive you know, square mile type of uh, cultivation centers uh, that just the public couldn't keep up with between uh, home grow and between and probably not so much home grow, but between the illicit market, um, the legacy market, and uh, and all of that versus this highly taxed, highly regulated legal market, uh, they just, I think they just jumped the gun a little bit. They, they grew too big too fast, and now they're, they got to do those cutbacks. And um, it's unfortunate, but at the same time, it, hopefully the quality of the product will improve. And uh, I think you know, the, that's the, the ultimate end goal is, is, is that the consumer be happy, not necessarily the uh, wholesaler and retailer and producer. So, uh, I think, I think, uh, you know, we're going to see more cuts and we're going to see those here. Obviously we're seeing that, uh, in some of the West coast markets, uh, Colorado market. And it's a, it's a lesson to emerging markets too, like ours here in New York and New Jersey. Don't grow too big, too fast. You continue organic growth, you know, don't, uh, spike your growth with, uh, too much, too many chemical uh, hormones and nutrients just let it grow organically and you'll be okay but grow too fast and you may need to cut back and and reduce staffing and all of that and it's, it, it hurts uh you know these are people's lives you're talking about 800 to a thousand people who lost their gigs their dream jobs in many cases and i think it's uh it's sad and unfortunate but also not something that you couldn't see down the pike if uh if you're looking at the big picture yeah for sure. Um, okay, so let's do uh, one more here, and this is an odd one. It's in Rhode Island. Earlier this month, uh, a strange bill was introduced to the Rhode Island legislature. Essentially, it would make it illegal to have cannabis at gatherings of three or more people. So just three or more people, if, if pot was uh, consumed or even possessed – at a, at a gathering of three or more people, um, the, the host of that event could be fined up to $1,000. Now, that odd bill has been withdrawn, but the sponsors are not scrapping it. They're just rewriting it. And uh, we don't yet know what the edits are going to include. But it, it's a bizarre uh, bill considering that, that Rhode Island has just begun its uh, adult use industry. Uh, cannabis has just been legalized there, and 
uh, retail weed, you know, is now available. And for some reason, um, six Senate Democrats decided that it would be a good idea to introduce a bill making it illegal for cannabis to be at uh, any gathering, any gathering, private, uh, public, any gathering of three or more people. Um, uh, the host could be fined up to $1,000 under the original bill. So so strange stuff up there, sort of a, a workaround to uh, to prohibit the now legal cannabis. Yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. And I would imagine hopefully it doesn't get passed. But it it is just insane when people who know nothing about cannabis or cannabis users get involved in, in these laws. Uh, and then, again, it, it, it acts against the interests of, of the smaller gatherings because any large gathering of you know thousands of people can afford to just pay the fine and, and you know if, the, if it's maximum a thousand dollars then that's just the cost of doing business but if i just have five or six people over my house uh and then i get fined a thousand dollars because we smoked cannabis in a group too large allegedly then i think that's just awful uh hopefully they'll rethink that and that won't go through but it, it, it just another example of meddling by people who who have no uh, no purpose and no uh, reason to be putting stuff like that together. I mean, that's just silly and ridiculous. Uh, a, ga- a gathering larger than three people. I mean, most most of the weed circles I've been in are larger than three people in mo- in many cases. That you know, if there's more than one person, there's usually going to be more than three people. And I just think that's very very silly and dumb and uh, ridiculous. Yeah, the couples are okay, but uh, but if you're a thruple, let's like for all the thruples out there on Valentine's Day, let's just hope this bill doesn't get passed in Rhode Island because you're going to be uh, you know paying a lot of money to the government. Anywho, yeah, and do we need any more laws? <laughs> we don't need more laws. We need fewer less laws. laws like that. I mean, it's just so, so fewer laws governing cannabis yeah. usage for sure. It's just so heavy-handed among these politicians that on both sides. You know, that just don't know what they're doing. You can say that again. But anyhow, uh, that's a bit of a look at the world of weed uh, this uh, February 14th as we record. But uh, we have a very exciting interview coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's our, our friend Patrick King. He is the Soil King. He has a number of different uh, businesses that he does, but he really is uh, very focused in soil which is so important. And we're going to get into the details of, of, of why soil is so important and what constitutes a healthy soil. Uh, and he has over 35 years in the agricultural industry, uh, including obviously the uh, underground industry, as well as now, you know, the whole licensed cannabis legal uh, companies and businesses. So uh, why don't we take a break and we will come back with Patrick King, the soil king on Grow Bud Yourself. Do you want to take your cultivation program to the next level and grow higher quality, naturally healthier plants? Our new sponsor, Prime Superior, can get you there with simple, safe, and effective products. Whether you're starting with seeds, clones, or your plants are already established, Prime Superior has a product for you. And best of all, you don't have to change anything in your grow program. 
just add Prime Superior. Do you want the best biological for cannabis growing? Prime Superior's proprietary strain of Bovaria bassania increases terpenes, cannabinoids, and yield. Inoculate early with Prime Superior and you will see faster germination and larger root mass, which will help you propel your nutrient uptake. Faster growth and more photosynthesis means higher yields and more terpenes and cannabinoids. Plus, Prime Superior has the world's first biological cloning honey to help improve your cloning success. Now's the time to try Prime Superior. Grow Bud Yourself listeners can use the code PS420 for 15% off their entire order at primesuperior.com. So don't hesitate, inoculate, and visit primesuperior.com to learn more. All right, welcome back. And uh, we have a very special guest for you guys this week. We have uh, someone who with over 35 years in the agricultural industry uh, on the legacy side and now in the licensed side as well. Uh, I want to welcome to the show uh, the Soil King, Patrick King. Welcome to the show. Man, this is awesome to be on a show with you, brother. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, let's let's go back in time a little bit right now. um, And maybe you can talk about sort of how you got involved in, in, in the first place. Cause you're, you know, you're a Cali guy forever. Uh, and, uh, yeah. How you became the soil King. Let's, uh, let's break it down a little bit for the audience that might not know. Yeah. So, I mean, it goes back. It, it's like things you didn't know as a child. My first memory is in a, is a strawberry patch. And, and I was three years old. I'm second memory, third memory, bad memories, you know, cause I had a rough childhood, but the, 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 the the most common thing in my life today is uh, soil and peanut butter. I've had it my whole life, right? And my peanut butter is what I, I, I eat every night to calm myself down. I smoke a doobie and, uh, and soil. And so soil and cultivation has been my life. And I always say this, and this means everything to me. There's no segregation in agriculture. Like there is no segregation in agriculture. I can repeat that over and over and over until people get it. Um, cannabis is agriculture. So is growing potatoes, tomatoes, strawberries, whatever you're doing, it's all a plant. And when you do it right and you feel that passion and that connection with your cultivation and your farming, it's, it's, it's just life saving, right? Soul, soul saving for sure. So, uh, starting when I was young, um, you know, I remember as a kid hanging out with the, with the older crowd, I was just a little kid. And they had album covers and they had brick weed and, and all these different weeds. And they'd break it up on the album cover and get a zigzag thing. And you'd go on the album cover and you'd, and you'd use a zigzag cardboard and you'd get the seeds out as you're breaking it up, right? And they'd all fall on the ground. And I was, I was already planting flowers. And I, I had my garden since the first of my memories. I always had my hands in the soil. And so I would collect those seeds because there was something special about them. And I would grow them, and I'd grow them as a kid. And uh, the first time I was in handcuffs was the age of 11 years old for growing pine, weed in a pine tree in my backyard. I put Chaplin way up in the pine tree because I realized I was uh, I could make money off this, and I loved to do it. So I had my little gardens down below the pine tree and all around, and I hid it, hid the weed up in, in the trees like we used to do back in the day. It was crazy. And but I had a neighbor that seen me, and uh, the neighbor called the cops. So uh, you know there was the first arrest and handcuffs, and second arrest was a year later. Same pine tree, same neighbor, same cop. 
arrested me for the second time. And and here I am today. Like this is my life, right? It's uh, it's uh, why why I have so much passion in this. I, I found out later on in life. I couldn't figure out who I was until I tracked back, you know, where I came from. And I'm a fifth generation Johnny Appleseed, John Chapman. And that, that relationship back to understanding what, you know, Johnny Appleseed did, like fucking crazy. If you think about, you know, he was two years ahead of the settlers making alcohol, not for drinking, but for decontaminating uh, and washing your hands and food, washing your food, a couple drops in the water, you know, kills any bad pathogens, rinse your lettuce in it. Food storage was a thing back then. Medical wasn't there, you know, cleanliness and that whole part. It's just crazy to learn that this this guy had 30,000 acres of his own, but, you know, walked around and gave industry to everybody else and served the planet and mother nature and served a purpose and traded medicinal herbs to the Indians. And, and that was his mission. His mission was to, to do that. And so with me, it's been the same way, man. I've always been trying to figure out who I am and why, what my purpose is and why I do what I do. And over the last, you know, 10 years, I kind of started figuring out that fuck what people think. It's what feels good inside. Just follow your path because you'll go off your path. You're on somebody else's path and and you'll never feel the end result where you're supposed to be in your purpose in life. So I'm a soil king. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, what, what, what was the first product that you launched as the soil king? And, and um, you know, how, how did that business grow? I've been a builder developer. I've done a lot of different things in my life and I always got, I've always had gardens and I've always planted. And I went through, you know, some times in my life where after coming out of prison with addiction and, you know, I had to quit. I quit everything thinking it was it. And what I've come to find out is that, you know, my sanity comes from a doobie and it's my medicine and it always will be. But anyways, to go back to what that was, is, you know, I was growing large, massive farms. And I was, you know, back when you and I met, I was preaching organic cultivation. I was testing my soil for pesticides, herbicides. I was testing my cannabis and people didn't even know what the fuck heavy metals was or even pesticides. Everybody was like throw avid on everything and and then <laughs> sell it under the name of, of medicinal products. And that shit drove me crazy. So um, I, I uh, you know, I first came out with Marley Mix, Marley Moonshine, Marley Shroom Bloom uh, soil line. And and then I started testing for that was in uh, mid 20s, late, late 20s coming up. 2000s i mean and i started i started finding you know unknown toxicities and herbicides and different things and compost that was being provided the same compost that's provided still today to a lot of a lot of people from municipality green waste compost facilities that are great in theory recycling but you know really do you really understand a street sweeper in san francisco goes across the streets and you ask yourself what does it pick up feces pharmaceutical uh, needles oil radiator fluid, leaves, dirt, grubs, and then that gets brought to the, the, the green waste dump sites and they dump it into their composting side and they 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 compost it all down with the rest of the garbage, you know, the uh, you know newspaper. I mean, how many people open Christmas paper, right? Christmas wrapping paper every year. Where does that go? Think of the ink and the heavy metals that is on that. It all goes into these green waste composts. And then they certify that organic with, with OMRI certified and they sell it back to cultivators or compost providers. And the shit is so riddled. So I learned that 
earlier on and started really understanding that we are contaminating people's pristine properties and instead of giving them organic compost. And so that's where it all started. And then, then I scrapped the Marley because I, I, I believed in it then and then it changed and I got recognition. So I said, fuck, I got to do something different. So then Big Roots, uh, Soil King Big Roots Soil came in and, and that was kind of the, the one that shot to the moon and helped a lot of cultivators, the cultivators and farmers out there and even, you know, it's backyard uh, veggie growers and, you know, even commercial scale people to really understand and trust that there is a clean product out there, a good start. And that was the medium that I really wanted to give everybody an opportunity. You can add whatever you want and ruin it, or you can add stuff to it, better it, right? But a lot of products that were out there, a lot of my competitors in the soil game were already given contaminated, you know, bags that that were certified or OMRI certified, which had, at that time, they had, you know, they were taking human feces as, as and composting it up and putting it in bags and selling it. Like, it was horrible back then. But that's where my passion came. And in cannabis, I was testing, testing all my cannabis because I run both sides of the market. I'm in the picks and shovels. I'm also been a you know traditional cultivator, you know, forever. And uh, and then licensing came about, and so I, yeah, I I stuck my neck into every realm to try to better this industry. I got beat up along the way because people didn't believe in me. I bet Danny, you probably remember me talking shit and nobody listening back in the day, but the ears are open now. And I have a team of warriors out there that believe in the same mission I do. And that's changing the world one plant at a time with responsible farming practices. And, and, you know, that's where I've been. My fight has been. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, definitely ahead of the, ahead of the time. And it's funny that, you know, now everyone, you know, wants is looking into living soil and, and, and uh, you know, sun grown and all these sort of, um, buzzwords, but the reality is, is that's how it always was until yeah. pr prohibition forced us inside yeah. prohibition forced, you know, that kind of, you know, indoor technology and, and, and chemical fertilizers and, and pesticides and avid and all the contaminants that you mentioned, um, in traditional farming prior to world war II, basically, didn't involve any of those things. I mean, exactly. it was just improving your soil with organic material on top year after year and uh, growing, you know, just basically feeding roots, right? I mean, ultimately, I love the name Big Roots because the, the, the key is to grow the roots. If the roots aren't happy, the plant is not going to be happy, right? And Amen so, to that one. <laughs> you know, so... It's, it is it is important and and as the soil king i think you know you you know that more than most and have been preaching that um time and time again and also you're you're uh part of the ganji air program ganji a program yeah. as well right and uh you know you're an instructor um and i'm assuming you teach people a lot about growing mediums and, and more yeah, a lot about consumption, different things. So that 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 was just like the way that whole thing came about. It was like it was about 2016, Greenflower Media and Derek Gilman, who is the event organizer, producer, whatever it is, he's a director. He he, uh, ha, you know, they were asking their thing. We got to have a program outside. We had what Oaksterdam and a few of them back then. But you go into a classroom setting, but you never really meet the people of the industry in that setting, you go and you're listening to an instructor preach to you about how to grow cannabis when the guy has never smoked it himself or, 
I'm not saying all the instructors are like that or really does, hasn't even cultivated it itself. So we, I believe in science, but I believe in application at the same time and they mirror. You can't just have one guy that's never done anything telling you the scientific side of something and then one, or just one guy just telling you this. You have to bring those knowledges together. And so with the Ganja program, when it was when it was first approached, there was there was 12 of us original uh, Ganja um, council members that were selected. And 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 for me, it was really awesome because they were talking my language. We wanted to teach people. It was about teaching people how to consume, how to qualify cannabis. Uh, you know, how do what what do why who are we and why do we grow good cannabis in the Animal Triangle and and you know what's the qualifications and of consumption and what are the things you're looking for so they pulled all of us into uh, airbnb and marin a few times i mean i uh, you know we stay we lived amongst each other for three days and to get like frenchie cannoli right we had uh, swami we have nicotee we have me we have uh i mean there's so many of us original council members there's 12 of us omar figueroa was original our my attorney from years and years Prior to this, um, Mel Frank, right? I mean, these great names, and they, we were all brought into a room with all these camera guys around with a whiteboard and a PowerPoint presentation, and we we all argued about what meanings meant. Like, and I remember sitting in sitting there it was like, where Frenchie didn't want to. Nobody should use the word hash. No one can use hash because that is a historic name that didn't come from us. That came from overseas, right? It came from Afghanistan. It came, that's a hash. And how do we call it ice hash now, right? You can't steal our intellectual property. Call it something else. So it was, it was the battles back and forth between sift and hash and I and sift and, and solventless. And, and so, but we really had to get into understanding each other really on a level because we all had an enormous amount of, of, uh, of, of knowledge and base to talk about what it is, but we've all of us individually have been ego, loud, obnoxious, almost in a way, but we never listened to each other. So putting us in this house really got us thinking about what do we really want the world to understand about cultivation of cannabis or quality of, of a medicinal product. And it was it was amazing. So we built this curriculum. Uh, called the SAP uh, protocol, SAP the SAP, SAP assessment protocol app, and and we started training a different. You know, we had Frenchy. Frenchy's course is great. It's on the history of cannabis, where it came from, man. It's just going into that and learning that courses, and just listening to him, um, and trying to understand what he's saying with his accent, right? And he's <laughs> so, and <laughs> and we all had. I had processing because uh, I had seed to soul. You know, I'm I have licensed facilities across two solventless facilities in California right now. Um, I'm an owner in Rosin Tech Labs, which we won the Rosin uh, Emerald Cup uh, this year. First, fifth, and sixth. We're probably going to take place this year, hopefully, coming out. But um, so I had, I, I was talking all about, you know, what's in a, you know, my course is, is about, a lot of it was just about what to watch out when you're looking at a retail section. If you see a chief uh, pre-roll on the market, what does that actually mean and how is that made? Nobody, uh, when you're purchasing it and you're looking for the highest THC and you're looking for the cheapest dollar, it's shitty trim that's in that with probably some hash or something put on it. And, you know, and you is that quality? That's leftover, right? You've got, if you're paying a, uh, under five bucks for, for a joint or a pre-roll, 
it's probably not going to be quality, right? It's probably not going to be quality, even though they'll sell it to you as a high THC number. So in the processing side, that was that was me. Um, and uh, pasteurization, remediation of microbials, that's me. I own that company as well, Can Remediate. Um, and um, so it was the, that whole thing was birthed in 2017. And come about... 2019, it really started taking off as we built the entire curriculum. I didn't, none of us really thought it would come together the way it did. But when we talked about giving our knowledge as a, as an instructor in a professional situation, and we can actually tell people that there's more, like nobody really understands why I smoke at doobies and why I love smoke at doobies, right? The reason I love hmm. smoke at doobies is because I love the high. And the difference of a high versus a, like a bong hit, right? You're putting the heat to it. You're decarbing that at one temperature immediately. Those terpenes and compounds are absorbing at that heat, and you're getting just that one entourage flare of, of, of vapor, right, that's coming up into it. With a doobie, and these are just things we teach, with a doobie, you have a cherry on the end of a joint, and you're smoking it. And that heat at that cherry is at one temperature, but it slows down and goes down all the way to the end so that all those terpenes are melting at a different, decarbing at a different uh, at a different rate. And so you're getting the different entourage feelings from terpenes that are decarbing at a different rate. Like people don't understand that those, that back, you know, that no one talks about that stuff. And, uh, and so Though, you know, those are things that we teach and, and, you know, the density of a bud, like we, we teach trichome density in a flower and why is sun grown and, uh, and a lot of open, more open flowers are better for hash producers, ice hash producers. And, and visually you look at them, everybody will want that really dense one that has a crystal all around it. And you're getting like, oh man, that thing is solid. Look at that's the one I want versus another one that might be opened up and, uh, a little bit, but when you scope those and you go inside and you're looking for maturity trichome, right? You're looking for the density of it. You're looking for the maturity and the density throughout that entire structure. And if you wash that open flower versus that hard one, or you broke open that hard one, you're not going to have any trichome density or maturity on the inside of that because it's all force pushed to the outside of that flower, right? So now you, if you wash both of those, you're going to end up with more of a of a mature trichome density uh, open flower than you ever would a hard one. But the perception of our industry is that's the one you want to go after. But right. don't produce, you know, solventless like like we do. On uh, and even in that, it's not just sun grown either. It's it's the style of living soil we're doing a lot across the country. We have some of the best flower and terpene um, uh, rates coming out of living soil indoor under LED now. It's just crazy the push we're doing across because we can grow great weed in the Emerald Triangle under the sun. And a lot of people can't manipulate that across the world. But the reality is you can get a regenerative lifestyle indoor living beds and, and not have to pull your soil out and start creating that biology and fungi in that. You're, you're paying, now all of a sudden you're spending pennies on the dollar you're getting better terpene profiles and your weeds cleaner, right? And I'm, we're seeing this over and over, even yields done correctly are even picking up like that. So there's this movement going over. And as we used to say, it has to be sun grown and come from the Animal Triangle. Fuck, I can tell you right now, I'm seeing some living soil across the country that is just blowing me away right now. Absolutely blowing me away. Right, right. And, 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 and the genetics have changed too. Like you're talking about 
you know, th- those, those type of buds um, that, you know, people are looking at and, and, and thinking are the desirable ones is when we were breeding for bag appeal, you know, in the nineties where it was like dense indicas done in 45 days kind of, you know, and, and now, you know, surface area is important a, a, a essential oil production rather than, you know, what the bud looks like or the weight of that bud. It's, it's so much more about uh, how much essential oil can we get to, <laughs> right? And like, that's why those more open flowers are more desirable now than they used to be. And like you said, for hash makers, it's all surface area. How, 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 many, how many glandular trichome heads can we separate? And, and then, you know, isolate and press and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, uh, the Legends of Legacy tour that you've been doing, you've been working on. Legends of Legacy. So last year I decided, 2021, we kind of opened up Legends of Legacy, David First Goliath tour. I just wanted to get some people like me outside of the hills of Emerald Triangle, but also represent localized there's a lot of there's a lot of legacy and legends in these states across the country and the world for that matter that have badass people with a lot of knowledge a super amount of knowledge so legends of legacy was was a was we've been taking it to all the shows imperious expo i'm going to uh the kansas city missouri event on 4 14 4 15 danny i hope you're there with me um i'm trying to canifest kc canifest that's coming up you know, I have Kyle Cushman, Nicotee. There's a bunch of us OGs that'll be there. And so that the idea with the Legends of Legacy, David vs. Goliath tour, is that we can get people who who built the industry across the country, the ones who paved the stones, you know, the ones who, who went to prison or people that were really big in in activism and really the ones that have been forgotten because we're in a place and time in cannabis that corporate cannabis has come in and even a lot of new people in cannabis has come in, but they don't really give respect or understand the hard work and pioneering that went on behind the scenes to be able to prosper and put money in your pocket today. So the last of the dying breed and the unforgotten are the most important people just like in anything, you know, the ones that paved the way, no matter what, right? I mean, I remember gunfights. I remember following a blood trail of someone I shot for three fucking miles. I mean, there's uh, helicopters with ARs, kids getting taken out, right? All the stuff that we went through, but we never gave up on the plant. We never gave up on the patient. I mean, those are, but cannabis never would have been excelled this far if it wasn't for people like you, Danny, right? You made a fucking difference, brother. You did. Like, you fought that fight right alongside with us. You did that, right? So, but but Danny deserves to have respect for the part he paid in pioneering cannabis today, just like I do, just like a lot of other people do, and a lot of other people around the country. So Legends of Legacy was brought in order for us to raise enough money to bring people out to these events and and do the meet and greet and really and, and pick the brain of the people who have knowledge. You know, and we want to see those people prosper all across the country off given everything of our lives. We gave it all and we want to see the success. And But we also want to have the acknowledgement and we want to have licensing agreements. You know, we want to still stay in in the realm, in the influence area, utilize us for our knowledge and our branding. And like, let's work together. And I, my biggest thing on it is I corporate cannabis is here to stay. 
I'll sit at the same table. I'll look you in the eye and I'll shake your hand as long as you thank me for the road that I path and we can work at some kind of pathway forward for all of us to, to live under and the patients to have respect along the way. The ones that really need the medicine, right? So we're going to have to fig- build bridges and we're going to have to figure this shit out. We're going to have to. They need us more than we need them. That's for damn sure, right? And they're here and they're realizing that. You see these MSOs and all this stuff falling apart right now, right, across the country. And I'm doing backflips, you know, but, if you know, I'm willing I'm willing to teach you cultivation and hash production, but you're going to have to give respect to our people in the meantime. And that's a long conversation of bridge building, you know, that needs to happen. And, and uh, you know, how does that end up? I don't know. So Legends of Legacy, that, watch out for that. We've been coming across the whole country, Kansas City, Missouri, 414, 415, huge event. Mendo Dope, my nephew's there. I got the full band. We're having a blast out there. Um and uh, yeah, so and then we're doing and then up in my garden center up in Cloverdale, California, we're bringing that back on a monthly Legends of Legacy marketplace, kind of like uh, we used to do at 101 for Tim Blake and the Animal Cup up in Laytonville. We'd have the, the Area 101 uh, Farmers Market. So we're going to do that and, you know, and do purchases with delivery on site as well as seed swap and just meet the fucking meet our community, man. Our community's badass. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that uh, Legends of Legacy thing because, like I said, and like you mentioned, it's it's so important uh, to, that we remember everything that people went through and all the sacrifices that were made for this plant to keep the genetics alive, to keep the information out there. And uh, a lot of people were losing now along the way as well and have lost in the past. And, and uh, that's going to continue to happen as we get older. Um, the younger generations need to know this. The the so-called chads need to know this. You know, the whole yeah. uh, whatever industry it's going to be built. And I and I, I like what you said, too. It's like those guys, you know, the, the corporate thing is here to stay. It's legal now. So we also, as legacy operators, have to adjust to that landscape, too. And, you know, meet these people halfway with, with respect, you know, mutually shown. And I think that's the important thing there. It's like. They, they have to understand the sacrifices that were made in the history um, and all of that. So it is so important. Um, you know, that's what, kind of what this podcast is about. I'm teaching, trying to teach people to grow, but also to know, you know, the history of um, this fight that we've all been fighting for all these years. And But the other thing is that, you know, we had to hide. And everybody, there wasn't, you know, you, there, you couldn't come out and say, you know, who you were and what you had done. And, and now that opportunity is there. The reason why people know Frenchie is because he was he he risked everything to get out in front and educate because his passion meant something and he came from everything without his influence and not imagine him not being in our industry and never knowing and he stayed behind the scenes. Right. It's up to us to make sure they are relevant in the future. Right. It's my job. It's your job to make sure they're never fucking forgotten. And the same corporate motherfuckers out there to give two shits right now. Uh, and that's the that's the issue. And how are we going to get it? We're going to have to figure out. Those are the same people that put us in jail. Right. Are now the ones prospering. Right. It's crazy. But we're going to have to live in the same industry in one form or another. And you can either shake my hand, look me in the eye and thank me for the pioneering I've done. Or I'm going to tell you, go fuck yourself, and I'm going to grab your chair, and I'm going to throw it out the office as they get off the table. That's your opportunity, you know, to have this conversation. But 
I was here before you. I gave the hard work for you to be something. And you're going to give me the respect for the life, you know, long career I did and shit I had to go through and all of us. Right. So that's life is a legacy, man. Keeping it, keeping it real, keeping it alive, keeping Frenchie cannoli in everybody's mind for eternity. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we're in an interesting time, man. Like, you know, in one state you can go to jail for, for, for life and for the same thing. And then uh, just a once another state away, you can be a millionaire. Um, you've seen everything that's happened in Cali. Um, the perception out there in, 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 in the square world is that, you know, you just jump into the cannabis business and make a bunch of money. And, and, uh, uh, the reality is very, very different. You know, the price is dropping the, uh, um, quality, dropping in many cases and um you know what advice do you have for for states that are just you know just going legal what have you learned uh what mistakes or pitfalls um have happened out west that we can benefit from out out east yeah there's a there's that's what i truly try to teach there's this there's there's a lot of mistakes that have been made one is don't trust your government because they're going to lie to you right and I think the biggest thing that we messed up getting things right in legalization of California, because we never, none of us really wanted 64 to go through. The only reason I didn't vote for it, but the reason I was an advocate of it is because of the, the measurements of testing. Testing needed to be corrected. You remember all the testing nightmares we had. You could pay off any laboratory to do anything. And that's the problem moving across the country right now is there's no regulation in testing still. In California, we got somewhat of a good grip on it. But uh, uh, in, in these other states, and it's not fair because here you have a great cultivator who has a badass product. He's, he's deserving to be on the shelf. And then you got another company that has complete horrible mids and he's going to he's taking that guy's product off the shelf and buying it and taking it to a lab and saying this is my product and this is my batch of 300 or 100 pounds and he's and now he's getting analytics and that guy can that guy could just take it back and put it on his contaminated product and now sell it under his brand there's no like regulation security safety and what it's doing it's it's diluting the quality of products that are on the shelf Right. And then, so that's a really important one is to is to make sure you in these regulatory agencies that are being created are non cannabis people. They have no idea what cannabis is about and they're setting precedents and laws of how things should be done. Makes no sense. So activism is the biggest key. When you see somebody said show up at the Capitol or show up at this board of supervisors meeting and things like that happen. And in California, three of us would show up. In the entire community, we say, thanks for going for us. Thanks for going for us. In numbers, we fail because we didn't have the people. We're not loud enough against their numbers, right? We need to make a difference and let them know that we are here to stay. And everybody, if you crowd those meetings, they're going to sit back and say, shit, we're never going to get out of here because they got all these questions. This is never going to end. These people are serious. But when you have the same three knuckleheads that show up screaming, it doesn't matter. And that's where we failed in California is everybody wanted something different, but nobody wanted to do the work to make the difference. So number one, show up. If you have an activist, even if you don't like them, because they're, they're usually the people that are hard activists are the ones that you don't, you know, like, damn, this guy's all over the place. Well, show up, man. Just show up because you're not showing up for him. You're showing up for us. Right? Mm -hmm. that's, making, that's making a difference.
Absolutely. And uh, let people know how they can find out more information. Uh, I know you do consulting as well. Um, yeah. And, you know, you have your Soil King approved products um, that that are out there um, for people to use. Uh, so let people know how they can find out more information, whether it be the Legends of Legacy Tour, um, the YouTube page, all, all your, your uh, info. So at the Soil King or type in the Soil King on Google or you, YouTube at the Soil King, uh, Instagram at the Soil King. Uh, consulting, we, we're really successful on Soil King approved products. Soil King approved products is what has been successful for me. Fertilizer, I use Mr. B's Green Trees. I have a Soil King finisher, finish line, which is a finisher hardener, super clean. A lot of the finisher hardeners that are organic have a lot of heavy metals in it. And so I was like, hey, you know, I'm not going to say names of people, right? And I'm not trying to knock anybody out. I'm just trying to better the industry. And what you're finding out is that when I'm talking to these manufacturers, the products are saying, well, if people just use it as discretion and what the recipe says on the back of the bottle, they shouldn't ever pop for heavy metals. And that's like, why? Like everybody overuses everything. So you plan on that. It is, you know, there's a product called No Fly that I'm, I'm distributor of all these products. And these are the products I work into it. And No Fly is a, uh, um, blacksmith bioscience is the company if you just look up blacksmith bioscience is great so um, preventative maintenance with all this well can you have any root aphids uh, white flies you don't want to put any oils or anything on your plant this is the product for you it really attacks it um, the soilking.com that's you can always find that reach me I, I answer all my social media i run it i can't find anybody to talk my language it feels like so i you know <laughs> Fortunately, I spend my life answering questions. I give a lot of free consulting and we do a lot of commercial cultivation from all the, from the layout to indoor greenhouses. I distribute greenhouses. I'm a distributor of that big root soil. So we can set from, if you're a, if you're a commercial farm anywhere in the country, hit me up. I can help dial you in for success out the gate. There's no doubt about that all the way through harvest and even going in past that because the new show I was telling you about I've been working on on a project with the producers of the show Hoarders and the producer of the first 48, Craig. Um, and and it, we've done two years, over two and a half years of filming from USBI and it was uh, Soil King Farm Rescue and it converted to everything. And now it's gone into hopefully launching this year and we're going to be filming Dispensary Rescue. That won't be the name, but that's kind of what the model is, where if there's a failing dispensary for a lot of reasons, why are dispensaries failing? I can tell you right now that branding and marketing is probably the biggest failure in anything to do with cannabis. If they don't know people don't know you and you don't have integrity in a brand, you're not going to be sought after. But when you make a splash and a difference and you can follow up with with conscious consciousness and integrity. And so with dispensaries is is what products are actually on the shelf and why do you put those on the shelf? Is it because it's the cheapest thing to put on the shelf? Well, why not bring some really good brands in there that you can make a deal to influence what your sales are? They have to do pop-ups. They have to do all these different things. So there's lots of things in this show that we can do. If you're a dispensary owner that needs help, email me, patrick at thesoilking.com or message me on Instagram. If you need help, we're going to be, right now we're going after a number of dispensaries across the country. We really want to do East Coast, even startups that need help. If you're going to be successful, you get one opportunity because everybody else on the block's coming after the same pie as you. Absolutely. Great, 
great advice. Thank you so much uh, for being on the show. Thank you for your decades of service to this amazing plant. And uh, thank you for helping people uh, to make it more medicinal without the contamination, uh, without the, you know, harsh heavy metals and chemicals and all of that stuff. So I uh, really do truly appreciate you being a guest on the show and uh, definitely people out there follow uh, the social media, check out the soilking.com. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, Patrick. Yeah. Good chopping it up with you, brother. It's been, been a minute. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, we will be back after these messages with more grow, bud yourself. Hey guys, remember, friends don't let friends bring clones home. The only way to guarantee that you're growing out your phenotype of choice is through seeds. And the best way to get the seeds you want is through Seeds Here Now. Established way back in 2010, Seeds Here Now has been satisfying customers with the best genetics from the best breeders in the world, with more than 3,000 strains to choose from. With an average rating of 4.8 stars, Seeds Here Now is one of the most trusted and respected seed banks in the world. And Seeds Here Now is the only seed bank with 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, Seeds Here Now offers regular deals on seeds. Just click the On Sale tab on their website and see what this month's deals are on a variety of incredible genetics. And if you sign up for their email list, you'll be entered to win free seeds every time a Seeds Here Now email goes out. Visit SeedsHereNow.com to learn more. And Grow Bud Yourself listeners can use the promo code GBY free ship for free shipping on all orders. And best of all, that free shipping offer will work with any other coupon code or discount that you use. So check out seedsherenow.com today and get started on your own dream garden. All right, and welcome back. We are now in the cultivation grow segment of the podcast and uh yeah it's been a, a fortnight <laughs> and yes this is a fortnight and yes this is a fortnight strain of the fortnight what do you got for us uh, what do you got for us this week strain of the fortnight <laughs> strain of the fortnight oh there it is <laughs> Oh, all right. So yes, green <laughs> right. of the fortnight. What do you what do you have for us this fortnight? Yes. So this fortnight, I would like to talk about peanut butter breath from Thug Pug Genetics. Uh, this is an amazing strain, uh, very interesting uh, hybrid. Basically, kind of like a a mix between indica and sativa, pretty much fifty fifty or so. Uh, but you know, the name peanut butter breath gives it gives you an idea. It's got a certain sort of nutty, sweet uh, scent as well and, and taste, uh, sort of like the Kush uh, with a little bit more of that nutty, sweet side. Uh, definitely an interesting strain, to say the least. Uh, when you smell it, it's, it, you know, the first thing you get is, is a certain sweetness, and then you kind of get that nuttiness from it. Uh, very interesting. Piney, skunky. Um, with with some gassy notes, but you definitely get that um, nutty scent that gives it the name peanut butter breath. Uh, doesn't take super long to flower. I would say uh, basically about sixty days or so uh, indoors and out. Um, so about you know eight to ten weeks average or so. 
Uh, it's a cross between Dosidos and uh, Mendo Breath, an F2 of Mendo Breath, actually. The famous uh, Studley Spewrite <laughs> strain is the male uh, and the female Dosidos. So that gives you a, an idea of kind of where, where in, in the breeding world the peanut butter breath falls it's definitely won a bunch of awards it's won karma cup it's won emerald cup it's it's uh placed in high times cups and uh something about it it's very unique uh high in thc but not overpowering in that way um some people's all-time favorite strain definitely a medical strain so uh very relaxed uh very uh, creative and euphoric in many ways, but also something that really carries the munchies pretty strong. Uh, it will make you hungry. Uh, so be ready <laughs> for sure. Uh, you might even want a peanut butter sandwich with your peanut butter breath. That might be a nice, uh, nice pairing, a little PB and J, uh, with your peanut butter breath. But thug pug is one of those, uh, breeders that, uh, they're out of Michigan, I believe. And they really just created some really unique, uh, flavor profiles, uh, including this one, obviously the peanut butter breath, um, woodsy herbaceous, just kind of all over the place because it's got a lot of different, uh, nuances to, to it, but certainly the nuttiness is probably the most, uh, the one that's the most prominent, I would say. Um, so that's kind of the flavor profile there. And, uh, as far as growers are concerned, a good yielder, uh, a good cross between indica and sativa right there in the middle. And uh, just a really interesting strain. I recommend anything from Thug Pug. And Thug Pug is available from our sponsor, seedsherenow.com. Uh, so if you're interested, use that code uh, GBYFREESHIP for free shipping and start growing that peanut butter breath today. It really is a very interesting strain, unique and different, uh, and will definitely wow your friends with that peanut buttery smell. All right. So yeah, Thug Pug, cool name, great strain there. Um, okay, so uh, our listeners know that each week you like to provide a grow tip that's going to help them become better cultivators. So what would you like to discuss this week? Yeah, so this week I want to discuss uh, basically the whole argument between clones versus seeds or seeds versus clones, however you want to put it. Uh, the pros and cons. Now, let's just talk about the basic differences. Seeds are seeds. You know, they're just like any other plant. You have a seed, you, you keep, keep it moistened, you plant it, uh, and it pops open. Uh, one of the advantages is seeds pr naturally produce a taproot. Uh, plants from clones don't have that main taproot. Um, and a taproot acts as an anchor for the plant. So it's very important, uh, especially when growing outdoors, it just results in a very it's a stronger plant, a plant that's better able to support itself, uh, better able to take in water and nutrients. So a lot of outdoor growers prefer seeds for that reason alone. Um, the other interesting thing is you don't get uh, that variety that you do uh, with clones that you do with seeds. You can actually discover new varieties if you're growing from regular seeds. Now, it's a little different with feminized and autos, um, and there are, are obviously pros and cons to those as well. Uh, but let's talk about clones a little bit. A clone is a cutting, a piece of a mother plant uh, that you cut off and root to create a clone uh, to grow basically the same strain 
uh, in a space or outdoors or indoors or a greenhouse, wherever it might be. Um, and for clones, you're, the, you're going to need to have a mother plant. That's a veg vegetative plant that you know is a female. Uh, we talk about how that's accomplished a lot on the show, but it's definitely something you need when you're growing from clones. The advantages are all the plants behave the same. Uh, the genetics are the same. And the so the canopy will be uh, around the same size, the same height. Uh, the strain will be the same. So uh, every plant will basically have the same scent and flavor and potency. And so that's a great advantage when growing indoors under lights, because if you're growing for, from seed indoors, uh, you get plants that are all different heights uh, and different growth rates, uh, even if they are from the same pack of seeds, because there's different phenotypes depending on how stabilized that strain is. Um, so that's sort of some of the advantages and disadvantages from each. Um, another disadvantage of clones, uh, we mentioned it a little bit uh, in the intro, is that if you're, especially if you're getting clones not from your own mother plant, but from some another source is that you can be bringing in diseases on those clones. So if you're doing that, you certainly need to isolate clones and keep them uh, separated from your other plants until you're sure that they're clean. Uh, give them a nice uh, dip if you need to. Uh, whatever you need to do uh, to make sure they're quarantined before they go into your garden is very important. Uh, you're not going to find anything new, obviously, from, from growing out clones. It's going to be the exact same thing as the mother. Uh, so... There's no surprises, but at the same time, there's no discoveries either. Um, and so if you're looking for that elusive uh, new thing that nobody else has, you're not going to get that from a clone. Uh, but uh, you also have to be good at rooting clones. And that's a whole uh, separate skill to uh, vegging plants and, and flowering plants. Um, so clones have their advantages and their disadvantages. Um, ultimately they're somewhat weaker plants than seeds because they don't have that taproot. Uh, and because they've sort of been through a trauma in having been cut off of a mother plant and then rooted. So, uh, seed, seed plants grown from seeds tend to be stronger. And I think if you're going to grow outdoors, uh, your best bet is to grow from seeds. And if you're going to grow indoors, your best bet is to grow from clones, unless you're really good at keeping your plants the same height, uh, or at the same relative size one way or another, whether by training the plants or raising and lowering them. So I hope that helps you out. Those are basically some of the advantages and disadvantages of growing from seeds or clones. And one thing to keep in mind is if, if you're growing out a mother, you want to grow a mother plant from seeds uh, and then take clones from the mother, flower the clones to figure out uh, whether that plant is male or female and decide which of those plants is going to be your mother plant from which to take clones. Uh, so cloning is, a, I would say, a technically more complicated and uh, ultimately a lot more work than just planting a seed and keeping it wet. Uh, but the seed plant is going to also be stronger with that taproot. Uh, so that is the difference between clones and seeds. And I hope that helps you out in making your decision on whether to grow from clones or seeds. All right. Excellent. So now uh, we have arrived at our favorite portion of the show, and that is uh, questions from our listeners. If you have a question you would like answered, get in touch with us. You could email us. That is info at growbudyourself.com. 
So let's jump right in. And this first question we've actually touched on uh, several times so far in this show. It comes to us from Santos L. Halper, and he writes, uh, Hey, fellas, long time, first time. My question is, can you get pest infestations from store-bought cultivation material? And if so, how can you prevent it? So what would you say here to Santos? Uh, yes, you can get pest infestations from store-bought cultivation material. Uh, I notice a lot of times stores will keep pallets of soil outside, uh, and there's sometimes little holes in the bags of soil. Uh, bugs can get in there th from that, uh, and then you're bringing those bugs home. Uh, that's quite common. So you want to make sure that your grow shop isn't doing that, that they're keeping the pallets inside, they're keeping their soil well stored, because uh, that's typically where those infestations will come from. It's not going to be from the lights or any other equipment. It's going to come from the growing medium, for the most part, uh, contaminated soil. Uh, so how do you prevent it? Uh, you got to purchase from a shop that you know uh, stores their soil properly. Uh, if you're ordering online, you can at, make sure that they, you know, wh whoever's shipping you the soil is uh, storing it properly and maybe even testing it to make sure it's not infected. And the other way I mentioned earlier is clones coming in uh, from friends or from a dispensary or, or from wherever and actually having some of the diseases or, or pests on those. And with that, you're just going to want to keep those things isolated. Uh, there are ways to sort of inoculate soil as well that you've purchased or growing mediums, uh, but that's definitely a more advanced way. I would just um, be very meticulous, check your growing medium very carefully for any signs of any kind of pests, fungus, gnats, um, any little eggs, anything like that. Uh, and keep it quarantined the same way you would with a clone. Don't immediately just jump right in and start growing with it, but keep it in, in, in your home and, and, and separated uh, so that you can keep taking a look at it every few days and make sure that there's nothing crawling around in there. Um, so that's what I would say as far as pests that you can bring home from the garden shop or the grow store. All right, excellent. Thank you, Santos. Uh, let's move on to Gunja Gonzalez, the gentleman who uh, who gave us the song for Strain of the Fortnite. And uh, he had a question last week. This is the second question. So he writes, uh, Dear Danny and Mike, uh, My question is, uh, there is a rather well-known breeder that makes a lot of fuss these days about selling feminized F1 genetics but they claim that the phenotypes that come out of these seeds will all be similar. My knowledge about breeding is limited, but let's be honest, this cannot be true, right? Uh, thank you very much. Keep these shows coming. Uh, what, what would you say here to Gunja? Yeah, I mean, what I would say is I would be immediately suspicious of uh, those type of claims. Uh, just because F1 genetics automatically means you're going to have different phenotypes because a true F1, uh, which is just means uh, the first filial generation, is a cross between two plants that are very, very dissimilar, meaning very different from each other. Uh, an indica dominant plant and a sativa dominant plant crossed with each other. And anytime you do that, you end up with a variety of different phenotypes because some will act more like the mother, some will act more like the father, some might even have recessive genetics that go back to a grandparent. Uh, and then the idea that someone could create feminized F1 genetics and have it that be super stable and have those 
uh, phenotypes be all very similar, it, it just immediately sets off a red flag for me uh, because F1, even basically by definition, means you're going to have uh, some differences in the phenotypes that come out of, of those seeds. So I, I, I'd be interested to learn a little more. I have, have not heard these claims uh, personally, uh, but I will certainly want to look into this and make sure uh, that this is something that's legitimate because I can't imagine uh, that you could get feminized F1 seeds and they would all behave exactly the same. Just by definition, doesn't seem like something that's possible. Uh, but again, thing, new new innovations happen all the time with plant breeding so i wouldn't poo poo it right off off the bat because you know there never were autos and fems and all these innovations that have happened over the years uh therefore anything's possible but i would be very skeptical uh at any claims that f1s could be that stable um that having been said, the benefits of growing F1s is hybrid vigor itself. The plants uh, from two very distinctly different varieties end up with hybrid vigor in that first filial cross, meaning some of those plants are going to behave uh, stronger than either one of the parents. Uh, and, and that's one of the advantages of having F1 genetics, but that does take growing those plants out to discover which of, the, which of those actual cultivars is the keeper pheno uh, and that's kind of the the rub behind f1s is yes there can be several different uh phenotypes but there could be something totally brand new that's very strong with that vigor and that you can turn into a, mo a mother plant and have clones of that uh for many gardens to come so i would be skeptical uh and i will try to look into this a little bit more to figure out maybe if they're revealing any information about how this is possible uh, but thank you for the question. Thank you for the song and uh, keep up the great work. Thanks a lot. Indeed. All right. Thank you, Gunja. Um, okay. So we have uh, two questions here from Joey. So let's take one and then if there's still time, we'll do the other. So uh, Joey writes, hey guys, I recently started growing after a 10 year break. My question is, uh, and my question involves VPD versus humidity. I picked up an AC infinity tent and fan with controller. It shows both my VPD and humidity. Which one should I be chasing? And what are the acceptable ranges? My house is extremely dry with the heat running, and I have recently added a humidifier to get my veg tent up to 55% humidity. Thanks for the podcast. So yeah, what would you say here to Joey? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I would be chasing VPD. Uh, but it's so closely related to humidity uh, that if if one isn't dialed in, neither will will be. Uh, it is important to have the humidity at the level that you have it at, around 55%. And then once you've got that, uh, then I would be looking to dial VPD in um, vapor pressure deficit. And that ultimately is going to result in the healthiest growth. Just humidity alone isn't... Uh, it's going to give you an idea that you're in the right range, but VPD is really how you dial this whole situation in and dial it together. Uh, so uh, it's interesting that your controller actually does uh, give you that those VPD uh, ranges. And the acceptable ranges differ slightly between the vegetative stage and the flowering stage, so you will need to make adjustments 
as the plants are growing. Um, but I would basically chase VPD uh, over humidity because humidity is just a, a part of VPD or vapor pressure deficit. So uh, humidity is important, but VPD is really the ultimate decider of how well your plants are uh, able to take in nutrients and respirate, uh, release uh, air and, and, and water and all of that. So um, dial in VPD and your plants will be very happy. All right. Now, you know, we got enough time. Let's do Joey's other one real quick here. Uh, he writes, after 10 years, technology has changed a lot. So when it comes to LEDs, is there a big difference between the mid-range brand, the mid-range brands like Mars Hydro or Spider Farm and the ones they sell at the Hydro store for almost double, even at the same size? Yes. Uh, the short answer to that question is that there is a big difference. There are lots of uh, ranges of quality to LED lighting, and it is very important to get the LED that's right for cannabis growing. And more and more, that's being dialed in by these companies that are making great products, but but they are more expensive products. Uh, they are going to cost you a little more upfront, but they're going to save you uh, money on electricity. Um, they're going to save you some time uh, wasted by growing with uh, crappier brands that are out there. And they're going to raise your yields uh, because they're just more dialed in for cannabis growing. And uh, I'm, I'm really loving, I mean, there's three companies come to mind right off the bat. I would say um, there's FOS, uh, which is F-O-H-S-E. There is uh, Illuminar. Uh, and there is a brand new brand from our friend Yair, uh, who built the Gavita brand uh, and ended up selling that a few years back. And he's now come back with another brand called DLI, which is Dutch Lighting Innovations. I would say any one of those three is going to be far more superior to any of the mid-range brands. And most of them will have uh, an option for home growers. So you've got your option for your smaller, uh, you know, four by fours and four by eight tents, and then other options that are more suitable for larger rooms where you'd have 10, 15 or more lights hung up in, in, in a large room uh, for a lot of plants. So you get what you pay for out there. And it's certainly the case with LEDs. I've seen so much lighting uh, technology change over the years. It's really hard to keep up, but those are the brands I would say are at the forefront of LED technology, light emitting diode technology, of which the benefits are many. Uh, the only real con is the price, but the pros are are amazing. I mean, the lack of heat, the ability to, I mean, I shouldn't say lack of heat, the reduced amount of heat comparatively to HID lighting and the, uh, the ability to put those plants a little bit lower. So you're getting a lot more light at canopy level and uh, reduced cost of electricity. All three of those are tremendous pros in my, in my book. And again, the only con is that initial upfront cost, uh, but they do end up paying for themselves if you get the proper unit. So I would say stick with the the higher end brands when it comes to any kind of lighting equipment and you'll get more bang for your buck. Excellent. All right. Thank you, Joey. Uh, good luck on that grow. Thanks to everybody who wrote in. As always, if you have a question, get in touch with us. Uh, we could be reached at info at growbudyourself.com. And uh, we're going to be taking an extra question over on Patreon 
Uh, it's going to involve when to start your outdoor grow. So tune in to uh, patreon.com slash Danny Danko for a bonus grow Q&A from episode 107. Um, why don't we take a little break, come back, and then wrap this one up? Let's do it. Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, Excelsior Extracts. Outcast and TOH from Excelsior are incredible people, incredible growers, and they make an amazing product. Their THC-infused pain rub is made by patients for patients, and it provides powerful relief from pain. This product was developed to treat Outcast's chronic pain, and trust me, this is a super potent topical that really works. You can find out more about Excelsior on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S. DM them there to learn more about their amazing pain rub. And don't forget to tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. All right, welcome back. This is the wrap where we wrap it up. Uh, want to thank Patrick King, the Soil King, for being our guest on this wonderful episode number one hundred and seven. Uh, definitely want to thank the sponsor, Seeds Here Now. Uh, use the code GBY free ship for free shipping. Uh, Sweetleaf Nutrients. The code there is Danko fifteen for fifteen percent off. Excelsior Extracts. Please check out their THC infused pain relief rub. Uh, our condolences go out to Excelsior Extracts on the loss of Elaine Keevan, uh, the original outcast who is, was a great friend uh, and a great grower and uh, passed away uh, a week or so ago. Uh, I will be at the service for her, a celebration of her life uh, this Sunday, the 19th of February. Um, and our hearts go out to Tommy of Excelsior Extracts. They've been on the show. They've been a sponsor of the show uh, pretty much the whole time we've been doing the show and uh, just great, great people. And we are just devastated at the loss of Elaine uh, and just want to send out our condolences to everyone who she touched her, her family and friends all around the world and also prime uh, superior inoculant. The code there is PS 420 for 15% off of prime superior. Uh, don't forget our affiliate vapor.com where you can purchase uh, pretty much anything related to cannabis consumption, uh, vapor, vaporizers, uh, rolling papers, uh, different types of water pipes and, and, and trays and pretty much anything you would, you could dream of is available at vapor.com and you can get 20% off everything site-wide using the code grow yourself 20. Uh, definitely want to thank our Patreon supporters. We picked up a few Patreon supporters in the last uh, couple of weeks, which is great. Please support us there if you can, even if it's at the $4.20 a month rate. It's so great to just keep that number rising of how many Patreons we have. And and uh, we're going to give you guys exclusive content there, and you get a bunch of free stuff as well. So thank you for your support over on patreon.com slash Danny Denko. Thank you to our YouTube subscribers and uh, all of you guys for just supporting the show, spreading the word, uh, spreading the seeds, and making sure everyone has the right and ability to grow their own uh, and to grow bud yourself. That's the important thing here. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's the key to happiness when it comes to cannabis is creating your own cannabis for pennies on the dollar. And I hope we've helped you along the way. If we have, please join us on this journey and uh, we'll be back 
with episode 108 uh, next week or so. And we truly appreciate all of your support. Why don't we put episode 107 into the books 